think running a day spa is all massages and relaxation? <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. But we're here to help. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. It takes hard work, planning, and just a bit of luck. We should know because we've owned a successful day spa for over 20 years. Now we're opening up our playbooks and giving you the business insights to run your day spa rather than letting it run you. This is a Spapreneur podcast with Lynn Graves and Ramona Rice. All right, Spapreneurs, you have heard me mention his name many, many times. You have heard me mention his books many, many times. To coach with me requires that you read two of his books, if not all of them. And he has six now. On the 28th, he has a new one coming out, Sessie. Oh. It is ooh. It is ooh. It is ooh. Mike McCallowitz is on the podcast. Ah, thank you. <laughs> That's the best introduction ever. Uh, thanks for having me. See, you need her on the road to like warm up. But, like, I know. Would that be awesome? No, I will totally do it. Mike, I will do it. Next time, ProfitCon, let me do the intro. I will come. Oh my gosh. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah, because I am the perfect like profit first like story. Because I, Amber Duck, really first is. off, Amber Duck. I love Can we talk Amber. about I love the glorious. She's my girl crush. We love her so much. And I tell everybody she's my girl crush, but they don't get it if they've never met her. Her. She's so zen. She's and so yes. zen. That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah, and she's so girly too. Because and we she's no bullshit, about, right? She's all so she zen. No bullshit. She's, well, no, no, bullshit. She, no, no bullshit. she has no bullshit because she's got a bidet now. She does have a bidet. She told us if she was. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard, Mike? Yeah, no. I, we're, I think we're done with that that discussion. No, and, no, no. So, uh, so I. It's um, a fancy bidet. So here's here's how I got connected with Mike, and I'll go through this, and then we're going to talk about his book fixes next because it's a perfect time because businesses are shut down in the spa industry because we're not allowed to touch anybody. I can't yeah. touch you. I can't touch you. So, um, you know, it does suck. Um, so, um, I was reading profit first when I was first starting spapreneur and I just couldn't get the concept. So I was like, I don't understand this. And so I said, why not reach out to profit first professionals? It's the organization might create it to help entrepreneurs like me because he's only one man and he can't coach everybody though. He, tried and he wrote an entire book about that too called clockwork and so um you see i know all the books mike i've read them very all. well very i have well. read them all researched point. yes yeah. so um i got connected to amber duggar and again changed my life changed yeah. my life so, i can verify that yeah it, it definitely did so like this yeah. crisis for me where i'm not getting as much revenue in for spapreneur because a lot of my customers are just i mean spa industry has been hit harder i think than any other industry because it's not like we can shift to take out you can't do takeout massage. It, it just doesn't yeah. work that way. Or hair or, or salon. Yeah, it's, we can't sneak into your house and do your hair real quick. Yeah. Right. You know, it, right. A big table going into a house is real evident of what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely not social distancing. So because I implemented Profit First, because I implemented the pumpkin plan, because of clockwork and all these things, my business is still running. And so, Mike, this is why you are kind of up there. There are very few books I absolutely require them to read, but Pumpkin Planet Profit First are two like absolutes. If you don't read Thank these you. as spa professionals, you're screwed. Thank you. Or Thank any you. Uh, service business that I know. My hairstylist uh, continues uh, to struggle with his business. And I have said to him several times, Sean, you need to read profit first. Well, I've started it. I just haven't gotten all the way through it. And mm -hmm. I kind of sort of do it. It's like, no, you need to read it and implement it. So he's yeah. always living hand to mouth. Yeah. So he sounds very human, by the way. That's normal for so many of us is that, um, ideas are not put into action. And, uh, you know, what I hope people do is, is, and what I try to do in Profit First in all my books is just give them the smallest bite just to do, dip the toe in the water. 
because then we can prove it to ourselves. And it's normal to be skeptical too. It's like, really? By taking your profit first, you can be more profitable? That sounds like bullshit. And um, so it's, it's normal to be skeptical. So I totally understand his position. But the other question we got to ask ourselves, what we've been doing up to this point, if it's not working, why are we yeah. still doing it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love, so I got to take it with Mike at uh, Podcast Movement a couple years ago in Philadelphia. He came up with Amber. And so I was tooling around with him on the um, convention floor and introducing him to people because I, I knew that world. He didn't know it. And I loved when he said his mission was, and I've never forgotten the statement, his mission is to eliminate entrepreneurial poverty. And I love that because especially in the spa space, Mike, we are dealing with a lot of people who go into the industry because they want to help people. And so they feel like if they take money for it, like real money for their services, that they're being unethical or wrong. And I'm like, no, get your money. It's what we talked about before. Therapists as a whole, we're givers. We're not takers. And you have to separate out, as far as I'm concerned, the massage therapist from the business owner. So you have to put on two different hats. And your hat is the business owner portion of it. And we have to make that switch. Oh, yeah. I'll actually take it one step further. I say you, as a business owner, have a responsibility to be profitable. Absolutely. And um, the reason is, you know what I'm saying? You need to give to get. Well, I want to call bullshit on that one. Um, you actually have to get to give because if we give to get, we will often give until we can't give anymore. We give till it hurts. And the problem then is the consequence is our business is wiped off this planet. And when you're gone, you're done and you can't be of service. But if you get first, meaning if you bring in sustainable sales, if you uh, ensure permanent profitability, then that puts you in the position to be a perpetual giver. And the funny thing is like some of the heroes in giving, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, you know how much they got? Tons. Mother Teresa managed billions, not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars of assets. She was a mogul. She, she didn't keep the money. She decided to channel it and be yes. a contributor, but she was able to make that massive shift because she was able to get in order to give. So we she have was that able to receive. She learned the lesson of receiving. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's one of the things right now with this crisis, this is what I've heard a lot from my private community, Mike, is that number one, a few of them are like, I don't want to apply for the government grants or the unemployment because I'm not one of those people who needs it. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. You pay taxes. (laughs) Take that shit. Take that shit. (laughs) Get all your money. This is so rule number one in Spopreneur Universe, Mike, is don't fuck with the money. That's rule number one. Yeah. I think cash is king. I I do want to give another perspective on that though. Yeah. Um, If you need to take money, the question we have to ask ourselves first is why are we taking that money? So if you need a loan or you're actually actually a loan, it does indicate that there's a problem within the business that we need to resolve. Yes. I also just want to warn people, a loan is a loan. And even if it's interest-free, if you're, you're borrowing money, there is a responsibility to pay it back if it's interest-free. Now, I realize there's a unique circumstance that may be happening, so you got to be very selective. There may be what's called forgiven loans. That's called a grant where you're just issued money. And you're right, free money, listen, if you don't take it, you're at a disadvantage because everyone else is taking it, so it actually pushes you down. Right. So in those cases, you have responsibility. I just see people taking on loans without understanding what the consequences are. If you read through the documents, it's questioned if any loans are forgivable right now. And it's, it's playing out hour by hour and day by day. Many of these loans are going to be low interest. Um, some of them require absolute compliance. And if you mess up one little step, that loan is going to uh, be, be not forgivable anymore. So just be very selective and cautious. But I agree, free money, you have a, an obligation. Otherwise, you're going to be uh, secondary to your competition. 
right now with, you know, spot industry, not receiving a lot of revenue in like some people like us are still selling gift certificates online and, and we're still getting some money in, but we're not getting the normal yeah. revenue in. Um, how would you handle like percentages and profit first and all the stuff? Do you change your percentages? Do you keep going exactly? Good question. Going? Yeah. So you never change your percentages because uh, if you change your percentages, you're artificially uh, extending the life of the company. So some people are like, oh, I got to cut my profit percentage. My question is, well, why are you doing that? Because if you do that, you're just artificially extending how much money is available for expenses and your business will likely hit a cliff sooner or later. And now you have no profit stored up. So the second you can't start paying your bills, there's two things you need to do. Cut unnecessary costs, cut any cost. And some of us have to cut down to the bone right now, but other ones are, there's an opportunity to sell. And I also want to challenge the notion that spas are done. There's one spot down the street has reinvented itself. What they do is they, um, they ship out the product. So they say, listen, we're going to do the home spa kit. You can buy it from us. We include our products. And it's an online consultation. So as you do your hair color and different things, um, we're going to guide you through it. And they're charging for it. Um, they started a, a subscription service where now they're sending out their products every week. You can get or a month, uh, a refresher, new colors, and new things like that. Um, there's a, a massage you know, similar to spas, but a massage therapy place who says, um, we'll get you a, a kit and they've taken established products, but they blend it together. They have a, a massage chair. That's like the high end thing. Um, but they have these rollers and different things. And then it comes with a package of videos for self care. Um, and, and they're explaining, you know, just because we can't service you, the need for the service hasn't gone away. I call it business as usual in unusual circumstances. We still have to deliver on our core competency. That's the usual part. We have to deliver it in new packaging, the unusual part. Um, one really simple strategy to do this is called the one-step-back method. Where I just did it with a restaurant down the street. And here's what you do. You look at your final historical offering, putting food on the table, and you simply start unwinding one step back at a time. And you realize that all of the things you did leading to that final deliverable is actually a small packaged offering itself. It's an accumulation of offerings that come to your final offering. Here's an example. The restaurant, they put food on the table. Well, what happens one step back from that? Well, you carry food to the table. So the obvious solution is carry out and take out. And some restaurants, many hopefully are doing that. One here got really innovative and they became collaborative. They teamed up with a food truck. The food truck is doing deliveries to neighborhoods. The, the former restaurant is now a cooking center and they're getting food out the door. I think actually the revenue is starting to increase over their historical numbers. But what happens one step back prior to that? Well, one step prior to carrying food to the table, you prepare the food in the kitchen. Okay, that's an option now. Why not sell your 10 most popular recipes? Uh, or why not do a cooking training on the 10 most popular recipes? Or why not have a cooking class for 10 weeks? And you can tell your former patrons, cook at home every Tuesday night for the next 10 weeks. We're going to teach you one of our new favorite menus. And we're going to do this for a two-hour session. You can actually become more profitable that way than cooking and delivering it at your restaurant. Well, what happens one step prior to that? And you can see we can keep going back. Then there's, you know, the raw inventory, the meats, the vegetables. Why not carve that up, sell that to your market? Now you become the blue apron for your town. So we can keep on rewinding back and you'll find there's many offerings already embedded in your business. I love this because there's mm -hmm. a lot of technology too that you can utilize spapreneurs. A lot of you are sitting on essential oil inventory. You're sitting on mm -hmm. raw material inventory. You could do a bath salt class in your house, you know, uh, online, charge for it. Use Zoom a platform or create a, even a Facebook group and do a live and mm -hmm. say, here, watch me as I make bath salts out of whatever you have in the house. People totally. Love I love stuff. that. Yeah. So there's totally things you knew. The other thing, Mike, is, you know, I, I feel like this 
I actually love it when situations like this happen, not because of the death and the mayhem, but it gets rid of the <laughs> shitty businesses in our industry because they will not rise to the top. Warren, Warren Buffett. Yeah. Warren Buffett said when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And uh, yes, a lot of businesses go out, but you know, there's this, this is the Petri chest Petri dish for entrepreneurship. There's a shifting needs and this is where entrepreneurs are born. There's a reason why recessions actually spawn the strongest, best companies uh, every single time, because now companies that are the smart ones will adjust their offering to really embrace a new community. But there's an, also an interesting phenomenon that haps, happens and I call it the justification exit. There are customers who will stop doing business with us and our competitors just because, not because they can't afford to or don't want to, they've always been questioning if they should be doing business with us particularly. This becomes a justification to exit. They're like, you know what? I want to leave. And it's often a subconscious thing. They weren't even thinking about it, but they're like, you know what? I'm done. So what happens is my spa may lose, say I have 500 customers. I may lose 10% of those customers. That's 50 customers. If I look downstream at who I lost, that's a painful loss. But if I look at upstream of all the spas that serve my region, maybe there's 5,000 customers. Well, they're all losing their 10% because of the justification exit. That means I've lost 50, but they've lost 500. There's 500 upstream. So we actually have to reposition ourselves by marketing to who's coming down the, the pike. And they may not jump on it and say, hey, I need your services right away. But they are starting the no like, and trust process. They're looking, who, who's the better source to go to? They're asking their friends. They're looking on the internet. So this is an opportunity for us to market. You know, get out there and start doing, for, as you shared, videos. Here's how you can, you know, with your own home ingredients, take care of yourself and start producing that stuff. And if you're a regional provider, I'm in the town called Booton, New Jersey. In Booton, New Jersey, it would be great to see a video out there saying, hey, here's what a Booton, New Jersey residents can do to, for self-care and having someone with a spa local to hear talk about it. And they can talk about the local places to, to get inventory. If you don't have salt, you know, the local store, the A&P down the street actually has a really safe way of doing transactions. I recommend them. And now you start establishing yourself as an authority in that region offering stuff uh, and knowledge for people that are being freed up from their current provider and they are going to buy at some point. And if they know, like, and trust you, they're going to buy from you. Yeah. Um, let's go into your next book. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I have pre-ordered. I'm smart. Oh, thank girl. you. Yes, of course. Thank you. Uh, of course. Um, fix this next. Um, I took the quiz. I don't exactly know what it means yet because I haven't read the book, but uh, this what I love about Mike McCallot's book. It's not just a book. He always, always provides like extra things. Again, I'm getting no money. For, for for pushing you guys to this. I want to be very clear. This is all Ramona just being like super nerdy fan. Now you're not getting money. Your mom can't stand me. It's like the, the no. double whammy. And, <laughs> no, and you're still mommy. supporting me. No, we're mommy just a loves proud, you. We're a proud Wahoo family. All right, let's explain. So this was off air. Mike went to Virginia Tech. I know. He's a hokey. He's a hokey. Whereas our entire family, we have a second generation. Yeah. Oh, you're two generations. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad. You win. Yeah. Yeah. We you win. Yeah. yeah. And my, my next generation, all of them skipped for gene tax. So <laughs> you, you, yeah, but you, but you didn't have to pay the out of state tuition. That's always good. That's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> that is a blessing. Yes. That is a blessing. So, um, you know, fix this next. I love this because a lot of times when you're in the business and, and you know, this, you know, whether you're in the day spa or a restaurant or whenever you're in the business, it's really hard to know what you need to do next in order to fix it. You know, something's wrong. Yeah. And but as spapreneur, we even say this, we like, you know, something's wrong with your day spa. You just can't figure out what it is. We help yeah. you figure out what it is. This book, I feel like is that that step. 
for people. Yeah. I, I actually wrote this book for this moment. And it feels very peculiar to say that because no one expected this moment. Um, I wrote it for crisis. I was expecting what's called micro crisis. A competitor comes, takes your clients. Uh, you have an employee leave and you lose business as a result. But there's what's called macro crisis. Macro crisis is where there's economic shift triggering all these businesses have micro crisis simultaneously. So this book is perfectly suited for it. I think the first step is to understand just a simple illustration that you can do in your head that really points to why so many businesses stay stuck regardless of the circumstances around them. It's called the survival trap. And here's how it works. In your mind, you can just draw the letter A and put a circle around it just in the center of a piece of paper. That points to where we are in this moment. And because of what's going on for many businesses, it's crisis or challenge. Step two is draw an arrow away in any direction you choose from A. So an arrow, a short distance out. And what that represents is an action you can take right now that gets you out of A. But draw like two more arrows in any direction you choose uh, in different directions. And those point alternative choices you can make. So now you have three arrows going out in whatever direction you choose. Now is the final step in your mind, draw the letter B and put in a circle in the bottom left corner of that piece of paper. And here's what happens in most cases. For most people, very few arrows, in many cases, actually no arrows are pointing to B. But B represents the vital need your business has, the one thing it needs you to do to move it out of the quagmire that it's in. But most of us are not considering where we need to go. We're considering escaping the crisis. And what happens is you move from A out to a new A. And so most business owners are going from fire today to fire tomorrow to the fire the day after. If you are hustling and grinding and you've been doing this for months or years, you're proving you're stuck in just finding new A's. Hmm. So we need to know B. And that's the essence of this book. The way to find B, and that's what we need to know, is by navigating what's called the business hierarchy of needs. I studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's, it's the foundational um, right. belief of how human needs work. Just as a quick primer, the base level need of all humanity is breathing air, drinking water, uh, eating food. It's physiological needs. Without it, we can't survive. But once that's adequately satisfied, we move to the next level, which is shelter needs, protection from harm, uh, protection from the elements. And it keeps going up to self-actualization, living one's life's purpose. But Maslow argued that anytime a base level need is not being satisfied, we revert to it. So I'm in northern New Jersey, uh, just like in Virginia. Sometimes the, the winters can be brutal. This, this year was pretty mild. But um, sometimes you get sub-zero Fahrenheit temperatures. <laughs> if I'm outside in a T-shirt and it's sub-zero, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to run for shelter. It's a biological response. But if, if I'm sitting out there and all of a sudden someone puts a plastic bag over my head and wraps, you know, wraps duct tape around it, which I live in New Jersey, it's quite possible. If someone does it, <laughs> All of a sudden, all of a sudden, now it's like what matters most is tearing that bag off so I can breathe. Then I'll seek shelter. So Maslow argues if a base level need is not satisfied, we must revert to addressing that first before we can climb up to levels. This translates to a business hierarchy of needs, but there's one significant difference. We are not biologically wired into our business. Therefore, our instincts don't serve us alone in our business. We also need empirical data, simple questions to ask ourselves, yes, no questions, to really pinpoint beyond just our instinct, our gut. Many people right now, to your point, are saying, I need loans, but aren't really qualifying and are getting themselves trapped with high interest and don't even realize it. Other people are saying, I got to cut prices by 50%, and they've cut prices by 50% and increasing sales, but they can't afford to do sales, uh, to do services at half the price. So we need a structure, and the structure of the business hierarchy of needs is as follows. The base for all business is sales. Sales is the creation of cash. It's the oxygen for an organization. 
No sales, you are suffocating. So you need sales. And everyone knows this instinctually because that's such a base level need. The thing is, if you have some sales, you may be satisfied uh, to go to the next level. The next level is profit. Profit is the creation of stability. So we simply ask ourselves, do we have any sales? If no, then we need sales. If we have some sales, we ask ourselves, is the sales currently adequate enough to support a degree of profitability? If yes, we start evaluating profit. Question is, do we have any profit? No, then we need actually profit system. So some businesses sales have dropped, but they still have revenue coming in. Maybe they're introducing new services. We actually have to make that profitable before we just simply try to start selling more. After profit, the next level is called order. Order is the creation of efficiency. Many businesses aren't concentrating on us now. It's the extraction of the owner themselves, where your business can run in your absence. That is a true business. And you are not now beholden to your business. You're not an employee of it anymore. It is now serving you. Next level above that is called impact. Impact is the creation of transformation. The fascinating stuff I discovered in my research is this is where businesses move from the transaction to the impact on people's lives. Um, and there's a trap there too, and I'll explain in a second. The highest level is legacy. Legacy is the creation of permanence. And here's what I found so fascinating about this. This is the day business owners realize they were never business owners. They've always been business stewards. They brought this business to life and the significance of the business is more important than the significance of their involvement. It's about the business carrying on this mission and their extraction is great. It's actually beneficial to the business so it can live on. Oh my God. So that that's the like five us. levels. Yeah, I, I got to say, somehow, some way, uh, <laughs> we were blessed that that is where we are, and we didn't even have you during that time, and thank God I've got the wisdom to know that I'm at an age where I need a younger generation to keep this moving forward because I don't see, I'm not relevant to people that are 20 years younger mm-hmm. than me. I don't I don't do Instagram or Snapchat, no. But that is where the movement is. So that's why Ramona came back into the business so she can sustain it and lift it up even further. But yeah, uh, we definitely have a legacy. So thank you for validating that we've done something right. And thank you for doing that. It, it is so important. Sadly, many businesses die off when the business owner's involvement dies off. And that, that's a shame because you've created something that's impacting your community. In fact, I'd argue spas have a, an extraordinarily important mission. Yeah. It's people's perceptions of themselves, right? Yeah. And th- that's the root of confidence. So we need that service in a significant way. And wouldn't it be a shame if you simply said, I'm done with the business and the business vanishes? That's, that's, the business is no longer of service. The fact that you've positioned that way is significant. Well, now, one of the are- most important things I've done is I empowered everybody there. They all feel like they have a say in the business and that they know I'm going to listen or Ramona's going to hear them. Yeah. So that, that teamwork being a team is so important. That's part of the order level of the business hierarchy of needs is to involve the team. We call them the grease of the engine. Like, and that's not yes. a negative term. Like oh, no, it's actually- you can build the biggest engine in the world, but if you don't put some oil in there, uh, the thing will freeze up. It'll seize up. So we need engaged employees and the best way to engage employees is to be of service to them. Yes. So yes, yes. yes. The, the the two traps I just wanted to share real quickly with the business hierarchy of needs is many businesses are reverting to sales at all costs, and that is extremely dangerous. The other thing I see happening in this crisis is people are trying to jump levels up to the impact level and saying, "I got to serve. I have to care for people," and they're skipping as we started off this uh, this podcast with they're skip, skipping sales, profit, and efficiency. They're giving till it hurts. The problem is the hurts part. It is going to kill those businesses. So we have to evaluate where we are through this hierarchy, 
focus on that one area, serve it, resolve it. And once it's resolved, then we go through questioning again, identify the next area. And we keep on cycling through this as we move our business forward. You know, what, what is strange is that your book, Profit First, because we implemented that sort of subliminally without uh, knowing about until Ramona came on board, we never fucked with the money. And because we never fucked with the money, we always paid our landlords. We always paid our bills. And now after so many years, our landlords are being very forgiving to us and allowing us time to catch back up. So it's, it's a return cycle for us. Yes. Starting with profit first and then moving up to this next book. I, I feel like, it all comes together. And pumpkin plant. I Thank cannot you. emphasize pumpkin plant enough, particularly for spa professionals. And here's why. You guys forever are dealing with needy, cheap clients. But out of those needy, cheap clients are your big, giant pumpkins. Those clients that come in regularly, that tip really well, that bring in a lot of business, that and always get that money, and bring you joy. Those are the clients you need to be focusing on. And you need to find like 10 more of those. Yes. Forget about the small, needy pumpkins that are gross. Yes. So it's funny. So there is a portion of clients, your best clients, as you're pointing out, who are buying your best offerings or have historically, we must protect them at all costs. And the way to do it right now is through more frequent communication, but more bite-sized communication. Yes. I, I, I own a Chevy. I got this email from Chevy. It was a diatribe. It was like eight. No, it was actually 15 paragraphs long. And it was like, COVID is crushing the world, um, but we want you to know Chevy stands strong and we're ready here to change your oil. And hey, if you want to buy a new car or truck, we're here. And I'm like, screw you. Like you're trying to sell to me. United, who I historically don't like, really impressed me. United sent me an email. It said, Hey, uh, we know you, we thank you for being a loyal customer of United. Clearly no one's traveling right now. We just want you to know that your benefits are being extended another year and a half. And that was it. One paragraph. I was like, Hey, that's cool. They emailed me again a week later. It says, Hey, you have a flight coming up. Um, did you want to cancel that? Because a lot of people aren't flying right now. If you do, it's fully refundable. Hey, that's awesome. What's so fascinating is that small bite-sized communications that care for your customers actually engage them. These long diatribes that are really opportunistic, admittedly, they alienate our customers. So our opportunity right now is those best customers you have, start communicating with them more frequently, but communicate with them in a way that's of service. And there's one more thing. Ask them how you can serve them now in a new way. Say, listen, you can't come into our spa anymore, but is there a new way that we can serve you? If there is, tell us. And if not, we just want you to know we're wishing you well. They will start telling you how to innovate for them. Yeah, that is, I've been after our group saying, please handwrite a note to your best clients. Let them know. I'm thinking of you because we all love that old fashioned snail mail, a personal note. Also call them. It doesn't take much time. Just don't lick the back of the envelope. No, no. (laughs) But um, also call them. I've got a couple of clients that are older and I call them and I just learned one bought his first Harley at the age of 70. Why not? That's awesome. I know. And and to keep them engaged, to let them know we're not just hands. We are people who really do care. And we like your money. So we care enough to try to get you back. Yeah. <laughs> We've always said this as spapreneurs, serve the clients first, the money will follow. Yes. And it's just a good lesson in business. Yeah. And, and your clients do want you to make money. By the way, they'll never say that. I, I've never had a client come to me and say, hey, can you can you double the rate or can you can you rip me off, please? But here's, what, <laughs> here's what clients will say. Clients will say, when you serve me, I want your undivided attention. I want you yes. caring for me. I want you to make me feel like the most important client. And the only way we can do that is if we're not worrying about making money, if we're not panicked to get Hello. another customer. Yes. So Preach it. 
So you have to be profitable and they want us to be profitable to care yeah. for them. So you do have that responsibility. Yes. I'm telling yes. y'all, uh, this is, there's a reason I've read every book of his and I can't say that for most business authors. I really, and I read a shit ton of business books. What? And I love the fact that he said it's our responsibility to do so because I continually say, I serve the clients. The clients are the customers. They are the base of the business. I have yeah. a responsibility to them to make sure that we are up and running, you know, it's, I don't know yeah. how to convey that to, to everyone. Well, so. we, we got to just believe it internally. You, you cannot be of service unless you service satisfy your needs. If yep. you can't breathe oxygen, you're going to perish very quickly. So if you don't have sales, your business is perishing. You have to care for yourself. It really is that simple. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Put your oxygen mask on first. Mike, the book comes out. Fix This Next comes out April 28th, I believe. It's available what, right. on Kindle, on all the e-readers. You can get a physical yep. copy. Audible. Um, Audible. And let me tell you, his audiobooks are hilarious. Okay. I would say this is my best one. I had the most yeah. fun recording. Uh, it's it's long too. So we, we added two hours of bonus content. Um, missing, uh, there's an interview at the end, but we also added uh, components in there, stuff that's not included in the print book. So, it, but also we wrote it in a, or did it in a way that it's a compliment to the print book. So I, I read my own books. Oh, yay. and uh, I, as you go through, if you have the print book and you have the audio, you'll discover kind of hidden secrets and treasures in there. So it's a fun. Yeah, I, I'm an audible person when it comes to business books. I love audible. Yeah. 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 yeah it's my favorite thing. Again, Mike McCallowitz, he's got a great show. Um, tell me about your podcast so they can listen to it, Mike. It's called Entrepreneurship Elevated. We, what? We're what, just, what? Entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurship Elevated. Okay. But uh, we're retiring the show. We did 300 <gasps> episodes and we're introducing a brand new show called All Up in Your Business. Oh, and it's a, Yeah. All Up in Your Business is a much more intimate look into businesses and what make them successful or not. Well, when you want to be up in my business, you just come by De-Stress Express. Yes, you can totally. But, but <laughs> you got a deal. Here's you the thing. Deal. Here's the thing, Mike. You've got a multi-generational day spa that's been open since 1996 with a lot of crazy. She people started that work with there. she started with one massage room, and now last year's revenues were 1.5 million. I love that. 96 yeah. was a good year. That's when I started my business too. There you go. Uh, yes. I cannot, again, Mike, thank you so much. He is a busy, busy guy, but he spent so much time with us. Spotpreneur, seriously, I don't crawl up people's butts very often. He is worthy of this because he is so smart when it comes to business. And Amber loves him. And Amber, lo- that yeah. alone and we right love there. Amber. And we love Amber the most. So It's until, a love fest. It is a love fest, but it, do yourself a favor. If you read no other business books, read the entire catalog of Mike McCallowitz. I would not normally say this if I didn't truly, truly believe in these books. These books have changed me as a business owner and a business leader. And you're stupid not to when they're available on Audible. They're available at every library. They're available. Invest in yourself. Invest in your business. Learn. He is the right guy. I promise. Thank you. Oh, you're so awesome. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com. We've got the tools, tricks, and methods to making your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com.